Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. Five to six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Hi, I'm Antonia Blythe, and this is 20 Questions on Deadline. Joining me today is Alison Bree. Welcome, Alison. We got second place in my seventh grade lip sync contest for one of the songs on that album. The one that was like, you've already won me over. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. It's a very all slow. The, all the options. In spite of me. <laughs> like, what did we do? It's so slow. Don't forget to listen to 20 Questions on the Deadline. Thank you again, Alison. Thank you. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just 348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is VSIN Prime Time. Live from the Circus Sportsbook in downtown Las Vegas, here is Tim Murray. We are off and running as we continue our preparations for Super Bowl 58. Hello to all of you joining us here on the DK Network. YouTube TV, Marquee Network, and many of our affiliates across the country. That is Jared Smith. I am Tim Murray. This segment, to start the show, brought to you by Bayer Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Hearts. And I can tell you one thing, a gentleman who's stealing people's hearts in this town is our next guest who joins us every week during the football season, but he's here in town doing his thing, making the rounds, the one and only Eric Eager from Sumer Sports. E, my man, it's great to see you in person. I've bumped into you about 50 times already, but uh, we've brought you down here. I got to say, you know, the strip is one thing, but I feel like Circa with Derek Stevens putting this up here. This feels like home after after being here a bunch of different times. Uh, so it's nice to, to take the trek over to uh, Old Vegas and, uh, and and be here at the Circa Studios and uh, this, the VEASAN Studios. So we have, uh, we've obviously, you know, chatted with you every week for the past two seasons and, and we love picking your brain. So you know the Chiefs as well as anybody. You're a Chiefs fan at heart. So the last couple of weeks since the Raiders game, have you seen a massive shift in this team? What has changed in your opinion from a team that, look, I'm sure every show out there led, you know, the day after Christmas, what's wrong with the Chiefs? You know, they're going to be knocked out of the playoffs early. I may have been guilty of saying I'm going to fade the Chiefs in the first round of the playoffs. <laughs> probably after really? like, yeah, because why wouldn't you? you they look, admitted they look like something's it. wrong. What, in your opinion, has changed with this Chiefs team? I think offensively, everything has just been more crisp. So uh, my friend Sam McDowell, who who uh, works for the Kansas City Star as a columnist, he actually talked to the offense, and they were they were at the very you know end 
of the season, really struggling even getting out of the huddle. So you think about Rasheed Rice. Rasheed Rice has the most receiving yards of any Andy Reid rookie receiver. He passed up Deshaun Jackson this year. He's their number one wideout. Travis Kelsey as a tight end has been obviously having a tough year with the knee injury and everything. And then after that, it's a bunch of players who have struggled this year. And they were getting out of the huddle with with almost no time on the clock. And then you have a bunch of players like Kadarius Tony, Sky Moore, McCole Hardman, who were struggling to get set and then you can't even use any of the cheat codes that work in the NFL like motion and shifting and all that stuff. They've gotten out of the huddle faster and they've gotten set quicker, which to me shouldn't feel like an edge, but has been an edge. And and now you have a team who, when they entered the playoffs, in terms of expected points added, the worst team in football in terms of penalty differential, the worst team in football in terms of turnover differential, they've cleaned a lot, all that up. You know, against Buffalo, they didn't have their first penalty until the right before the fir- end of the first half. Against the Ravens, they didn't have their first penalty until right before the first half. They had one turnover against Buffalo, zero turnovers against the Ravens on offense. Patrick Mahomes has thrown zero turnover-worthy passes all playoffs. That's wild. They've, they've been crisper on offense. And the defense has continued. They haven't given up more than seven points in the second half of a game since the Packers game, you know, wow. basically early no- December, late November. Their defense has been there the whole year. And they, it, they just needed the offense to get the ball on the, in, the, in the middle of the, the, the green there. And, and they have been lately. I, I think when you give Mahomes a defense like this, it just it, it allows them to operate with, you know, a little bit more margin for error. And now they're cleaning up a lot of those things that maybe were tripping them up earlier in the year. So I guess to the other side of the coin, what is it about the Niners? Because they've looked like a dominant team for most of the year, but in the playoffs, maybe not quite that level of dominance, but still getting the respect in this game is the favorite. Yeah, I think it's weird because when they faced off four years ago, I was much more afraid of the Niners. And and in a weird way though, they have more superstars now. Next year, and, and this this underscores how important this game is to them. Next year, they have five non-quarterbacks with $20 million cap hits, Ooh. which means you know they have superstars yeah. and all around the roster. But I think depth-wise, they're weaker. After Trent Williams on the offensive line, Colton McKivitz takes over for McGlinchey. He's not as good. You know, and the interior of the offensive line, they aren't as strong as they used to be. And we've seen it against the run the last two weeks against Detroit yeah. and Green Bay. They're not, you know, Chase Young has a ton of pedigree, but he's not able to set an edge. Obviously, Bosa's great, but, you know, they had Eric Armstead in the last Super Bowl. He was traded, obviously, to the Colts three years ago, and they haven't been able to sort of backfill the same way that they have before. I just think that they're weaker in the weak links, even though they're stronger in the strong links, which has obviously it's scary because when the great players like Fred Warner, Dre, you know, Dre Greenlaw, uh, you know, IU Kittle, all those guys play well, they're hard to beat. But when a team can come in with a great game plan, like Ben Johnson did, like Matt LaFleur did, uh, like uh, Mike McDonald did in the game uh, on Christmas day, they can be exploitable. And I think that that's where you look at this coaching advantage between Andy Reed and Kyle Shanahan. It's really the, I think what's going to tell the story in this game. Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Make sure you check out all their content. Thomas Dimitrov has been around town, was just on uh, Sharp Money prior to uh, to us coming in there at the D. So um, it seems like you're you're leaning towards the Chiefs here in this spot. I, you know, I know you're very numbers-based. So you think about this game, if they played on, on Christmas Day, yep. what is this number? It has obviously shifted to being two. I'm curious, how have you adjusted these two teams over the past month or so? Yeah, I mean, you think about that. On Christmas Day, right, the, the Niners were six-and-a-half-point favorites against the Ravens. Yep. So you, you adjust for home field. It, maybe they're three-and-a-half, four points better on a neutral, probably four 
Um, you know, the Ravens were just just closed as five point favorites against the Chiefs with all the information we know playoffs. So, I mean, you're probably thinking even with the Mahomes adjustment, San Francisco being maybe a six point favorite in this game. And so now you're getting a condensed spread. So that that would lead a lot, a lot of people, a lot of sharp people to believe not that much can change in that little of a time. So would you know, and, and we have seen a lot of sharp money lay it on San Francisco. I, I, I tend to agree, believe in the sharp money. I tend to believe in the, the efficiency of the market. We're at circa here, obviously, where the sharpest people get to lay the sharpest, right. you know, the, the biggest limits uh, in, the, in, the, in Vegas. I think that, you know, under is, is maybe where I would look first if I was actually going to look at one of the two big markets, just because the Chiefs play games now where there's just not as many possessions. You know, there are eight or nine possessions yeah. per team. And even games like the Buffalo game where that game went over for sure, the the second half went under. And, and, and you know, the, the Baltimore game, first half went under, uh, over, second half went under, the full game went under. They're just a team that they just shrink the games because their def their defense is about middle of the pack in terms of giving up first downs, you know, what's called series success. The game gets played between the 40s a lot with their defense, and that is so conducive to unders. And and additionally, Kyle Shanahan's a guy and a 10 out of 10 play caller, but a guy that kicks field goals. Right. And, <laughs> oh, and yeah. so when you look at a total that's a 47 and a half in the NFL, where were the totals at the rest of the season for the Chiefs that were in the mid 40s, you know, low 40s, uh, and a team that's given up 41 total points uh, in the entire playoffs defensively? I just think you have to look there despite how scary the San Francisco offense, the reputation is, and, and deservingly so. And to your point, one of the most popular bets by the professionals over the years has been more points in the second half than the first half. That hasn't been the case this year, and that is being priced almost even, which to me is crazy just based on the average game script, more points in the second half. But you're seeing the total discrepancy being a little bit skewed. Yeah, well, and that's because of San Francisco. It really depends upon which game you're getting, right? Sure. San Francisco against... Uh, you know, Green Bay, that game went over, but the first half was was under yep. uh, against the Lions. The Lions really did a good job in the first half of limiting San Fran, but they scored a lot in the second half. If if this game plays out like San Francisco wants to, they'll score a lot. It's just that Kansas City has faced great offense after great offensive. You know, Miami has the, the leading passer in the league in terms of yards. Buffalo has the second place finisher and MVP in all likelihood and Baltimore as the MVP in the league in all likelihood and they held them to 13 points a game in the playoffs they've they've held every number one wide receiver to under 100 yards this season yeah I, I think that everybody looks at Sam Fran and says they, they're going to be able to dictate but the Chiefs defense has dictated all year and Kansas City's offense this comes back to if Kansas City's offense reverts back at all to the season-long trends of kicking field goals in the red zone turning the ball over in inopportune spots a player who has over in this game is going to be incredibly frustrated. Yeah. We're talking to Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Patrick Mahomes, I think his passing number is at 261 and a half, somewhere in that ballpark. I think he went, he's gone over it once so far this postseason. How have they kind of shifted this passing game? Obviously, Kelsey has been his go-to guy. He's gone over every single game in this postseason, including what he did against Baltimore. But for the most part, Patrick Mahomes has been more of a, he hasn't been stretching the field all that much. You mentioned it, no turnover-worthy plays, which is incredible. What do you expect from Kansas City's passing attack on Sunday? Yeah, it's strange. The last time they played, the, the, the narrative all last year was they, they trade Tyreek Hill, but they bring in Marquez Valdez-Scantling. Teams respected him to an extent where they ran a lot of cover two, and MVS didn't put up great numbers, but at least he was able to open things up for Kelsey. 
And then over the and the one the, the the one game that was the exception to that rule last year was the San Fran game where Talahona Nafanga had an interception on on Mahomes playing up, play, challenging Mahomes, and Mahomes threw 100 yards of, of passes to MVS. He got over the top. You wonder if San Fran's going to do that because if they do. They're going to dare basically Kansas City's receivers beat them over the top. And teams have started to do that this year. Obviously, MBS had the big drop against Philadelphia in the game that could have won. He's been kind of inconsistent in the playoffs. He's made plays. But no receiver other, other than Kelsey and other than Rice has had more than 500 yards this year in the regular season for the Chiefs. I think that, I think that Kansas City is going to have to go over the top because they preferred the bubble screens to Rice and the yards after the catch. They prefer this, the, the crossers and things like that to Kelsey. I think the Niners have some of the goods to stop that, but it's going to come at the expense of the downfield stuff with which Mahomes is so good at. And teams have basically engineered their defenses at for the last you know two or three years to stop. Can Mahomes turn back the clock and go deep to guys like MBS, Justin Watson? And, and, uh, and does that change the way you bet the prop market as a result? All right. Give us a prop before we uh, wrap up here. I, I like Mahomes under interception minus 115. And, and to sort of give you a plus price one, I like Kansas City first play to be a pass play around mm. plus 120 or so, uh, depending upon what your book what your book is giving. At Eric Eager underscore Sumer Sports. Make sure you check out all their content, all of the, the formats that are out there, YouTube, uh, podcasts as well, and on social media. We are off and running. It is a DraftKings Network Super Week here on VSIN Primetime. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infiniti QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted, so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Martha Stewart, the original influencer. When I think about anything, I think about the way that she did it first. The media mogul. The six years ahead, she saw what was coming. The prisoner, the rise, the fall, and the reinvention of an American icon. Once Martha paved the road, everybody else pretty much copied her. A CNN original series, The Many Lives of Martha Stewart, now streaming on Max. Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony D'Alessandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da-da-da-da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it going to like? That's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline.
the Sports Betting Network. This segment on VSIN Super Week on DraftKings Network is presented by 1 800 Flowers, DraftKings' official flowers for Valentine's. Coming up, don't forget. You know, I love. I love the Super Bowl. It's, it's never been here before. You never know who's going to pop in. Our good friend Eric Eager's hanging out. And uh, lo and behold, his boss, fair to say, his boss. Yeah, yeah. of course. <laughs> Thomas Dimitrov <laughs> stops by. He just says hello. And producer Britton, the bulldog that he is, says, oh, why, why, don't you, why don't you just pop is. on for one segment? So we appreciate it. Longtime executive in the NFL, most recently general manager of the Atlanta Falcons for over a decade. Uh, we won't you know, bring up, you know. Yeah, so that, no, you can bring it up. That, that, you want to talk about it, that's fine. Um, so <laughs> I actually want to talk about more so the coach that is coaching this, this weekend that was your offensive coordinator at Atlanta. So mm-hmm. what about Kyle Shanahan, Thomas, when you guys hired him to be the offensive coordinator? He had made the rounds, whether it was Houston, Washington, Cleveland, his last stop before he goes to San Francisco, he's the OC in Atlanta, Matt Ryan wins MVP. What about Kyle Shanahan popped to you and Dan Quinn to say, this guy, he's got something and he could lead us to special places. Well, I think you guys know this when you watch him, man. He is a guy that understands. We know he understands. He's like genius-like of that system. He's been around his dad who, who was amazing at it as well. Guys like that that have a really good understanding of their program, very similar to Bill Belichick, another story, another time, another discussion. He has an idea of how to utilize talent. And I think that utilize talent along with his understanding of such, you know, his great understanding of that offense means he can get good value out of players along with a quarterback, right? How many guys would have thought they were going to go with Brock in this situation? I think it's fascinating. And I've always loved that. And I've said this publicly recently. And I don't know if you guys saw it. If I were to come back as a general manager in the league, I would seriously consider the idea of trading for a head coach. I never thought about that in my early years. I know it sounds crazy because you think, wow, it's given up a lot. He is one of the guys that I would consider. And there's an and, and he needs to win this game. Yeah. <laughs> right? This he's he's what is he, eight and three? Eight and three in the playoffs, which is the best record of all time without a super. Without Bowl. a super. Yeah. Bowl. yeah. So Yeah, I mean, and I think that's an interesting discussion, right? Because I heard someone say this today and I didn't even think about it. Because the notion of Andy Reid was, yeah, but, right? And yeah, he's great regular season. Can't get there. The four straight NFC championship games. Then they finally get to the Super Bowl. You know, T.O. obviously had the broken leg and and they don't get over the hump. Is Kyle Shanahan fair or not? Is he getting to that level, guys, where it's like he's got to win a Super Bowl because we talk him. We give him, you know, it's 1-800 Flowers is presenting this. We give him his flowers, (laughs) but he hasn't gotten there yet. Is it, it's fair or not, well right? right? Yeah, I don't think he's gotten there yet. I want to toss it over to my guy here because he's going to fold in some great data on this. But no, I think he hasn't gotten there yet. I think it's close to getting there. And this is a, again, this is such a big time. And most of us in the business know how good Kyle is. But but like any of us, you have to win the big one, right? Yeah. I think about Matt Ryan as well as a quarterback. We can talk about him another time. But I would love to hear your data play on it. Yeah, I mean, the, the thing about, you know, we talk about this game and how different it is from 2019, but... It still reverberates. They they had a ten point lead. Yep. Patrick Mahomes comes back in that game, and you know until this playoffs, they've never been able to come back in a fourth quarter behind by what more than one score. And they went after Trey Lance to have that kind of toolsy quarterback to do it. And 
that is being felt. They don't have a player who's been drafted in the first round the last three years who's on their roster. Wow. They have five players next year who have cap hits of over 20 million. This team is levered up to win a Super Bowl, and now they're in there. And to Thomas's point, you're you're there. You don't get that many ch- chances to d- win this game, and they're favored. You know, we all yeah, talk, yeah. we all look over there. They're, they're minus two. <laughs> the sharps want them. You know, the sharps. Many of many of them want the, want them badly to win here, and and you don't get that opportunity very much because of injuries. They're healthy right now. Uh, their quarterback's playing phenomenal football. He's he's cheap. They're, the, all the the stars are aligned for them, and Kansas City doesn't have that same pressure because they won and they they have a young team and and all that so this is a very important game for him and i hope that his big game experience much like andy you know being in all those super bowls being in all those conference championships eventually all that big game experience bubbled up into a championship and and at some point i think it will for kyle will it will it be sunday it remains to be seen but i think eventually it'll be that it'll be there for him yeah, I, I hate using house money, but the, the Chiefs, after <laughs> upsetting the Ravens and just, you know, the track that they are on. And I'll be honest, I watched some of the clips from the opening night. They seem to be embracing the villain role, too. They're definitely, like, right, booing Kelsey and all the Taylor Swift. Like, they kind of are embracing that underdog role. That is a dangerous position for a Pat Mahomes team with a great defense to be in. And they seem to be kind of relishing it. I've thought that all along. Look, this whole season, I've been looking at Taylor Swift and we talked about it, <laughs> and I've been thinking, is this really happening? And then I hear the commissioner talk about it. Yeah. He's lauding her, right, publicly, and I'm thinking about it. More than that, I'm thinking about distractions of a football team, right? I'm looking at it as a GM, and I'm looking at Brett Veach, who I have great respect for. I think he is a stud, and he's doing such a great job. And yet I'm watching a commercial after commercial. Oh, my God, it was <laughs> a lot of Kelsey commercials. Right, Kelsey time. commercials. Yeah. But how annoying is it for the rest of the league when you're thinking about yeah. a team yeah. that – yeah, there there have to be distractions when Kelsey's yeah. going to the World Series and he's going to but they're still concerts. In this game. Mahomes and, and, has quarterback. Well, and, and, they're, and, all and that, Mahomes yeah. leads. He has a career high in interceptions, 100%. and they're and they're one of the worst teams in the league in penalty differential. They're one of the worst teams in the league in turnover. They were the one of the sloppiest teams in football all year. And and much like LeBron's Cavs yeah. in the playoffs, it's like none of that stuff matters. <laughs> Does it make it hard from a quantifying standpoint? Oh, for sure. I mean, like it's got like, to be impossible to price him. Just like we said in the last segment, a month ago, this game's Niners minus six, and now it's minus two, based upon the Chiefs just being like, Magic. all right, like, all right, all right, time to play, <laughs> yeah. time to play, time to Light buckle switch. up and play some football. And you look at all these other teams that have gone through it and are and are doing the right thing, and this team, of course, just kind of messes around <laughs> all year, and and it. it it's kind of shades of the, I think, of Bill's last Super Bowl, right? Where the 2018 Pats, they lose to the Lions. They lose yeah. to the Jags. They they lose on that that Miami game where Gronk's playing free safety in that, that Kenyon Drake play. <laughs> and they don't look very good. And yet, and I'm a you know Kansas City fan at heart, they go into Arrowhead and the Chiefs are favored and they shouldn't win that game. Oh, and they go in and win the Chiefs in that game. And they go in and win that game. And then they showed Jared Goff the 50 states in yeah. the Super Bowl. And it's like, they that was not their Super Bowl. And they go and win it. And now it feels like Andy Reid and the Chiefs are that villain stealing it. And and it's got to be frustrating for the teams that have put together great rosters like San Fran, like Baltimore, yeah. to, to watch Kansas City operate this way. Tom, Thomas Dimitrov, longtime general manager uh, with the Atlanta Falcons, Eric Eager, Sumer Sports. Before, I, I got a couple more before I got to let you guys run because I know you're busy. But just real quickly, Sumer Sports. We have E on every week. We, we always promote it. But I'm just curious, what led to this decision to create Sumer Sports? So um, I got called by Paul Tudor Jones, massive business guy, world-famous macro trader. He and his son were really interested in putting together a data company. 
long and short, I was in that spot where he said, you can be our CEO and you don't have to raise a cent. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is good. But honestly, I could have potentially gone back into the league and worked my way back into being in the situation that might be advantageous for me. But I thought this would be a great opportunity to be involved in data and continue to grow in data. Look, there's a little bit of been there, done that as a GM, 13 years, I say that humbly enough, but I was not planning on going back in to be a AGM somewhere, right? I would rather do this, learn, and then, you know, the opportunity to be a general man, a former general manager with this in the background is something that's very good. But I realize as we're in this, this is a revolutionary element. We're not talking about providing for coaches at this point. This is about roster optimization. You could get 32 general managers in here right now. We'd all raise our hands. We said this all the time. Everyone would say, look, it's not an exact science. Sorry, owner who's paying me four or five, six million dollars a year. I am good, but I'm not that good. Help me with some of the data. Criminally underutilized data in the NFL organizations, it's there for them. They don't tap into it, generally speaking. We believe that we can be a really good augmentation tool. We're really excited about it. We think it can be, you know, in the next three, five, seven years, guys like this are going to be a mainstay as an assistant GM, chief of staff, if not getting opportunities to be general managers in the league. Seems like that's where the league is going, right? No, no yeah. doubt. Uh, Sumer Sports, make sure you check them out uh, wherever they can. I've left you uh, about 60 seconds. We were talking about it briefly off air. I'm from DC. Most importantly, the ownership has changed. That's the biggest thing. That's the biggest thing fans should be uh, excited about. Tell Washington fans, Thomas, why they should be excited about Dan Quinn taking over. Because I'll be honest, it was a lot of, oh, we didn't get Ben Johnson. And it, it felt like a consolation prize. I'm curious your take on it. No disrespect to Ben Johnson, but Adam Peters, first-time general manager, really good at what he does. Instead of having two neophytes in that role, let's bring in a guy that has been a head coach before who is really good at evaluating, which is music to, yeah. to uh, Adam Peters' ears. Yeah. Dan Quinn knows personnel. He knows how to evaluate, and not in a heavy-handed way. He 100% respects that. He comes in with unbelievable energy, in my mind, comparatively speaking. No offense to Ron Rivera and that group, but there's a complete difference. This is going to be great for the franchise coming off everything you guys came off of with an ownership change. Yep. I think it's ideal, and I think these two men are going to get rolling really well. I'm talking about Adam Peters and, of course, Dan Quinn. All right. Prediction. Does Kyle Shanahan get a Super Bowl? He better, and I'm I'm thinking he will. Yes. <laughs> e. I like under in the game. <laughs> Sumer Sports. Make sure you check out all of their content. Our Super Week coverage on DraftKings Network continues after this. This is Vsin Prime Time with Tim Murray on Vsin, the sports betting network. Super Week coverage is presented by DiGiorno. It's not delivery. It's DiGiorno. It is VEASAN primetime. We're here in Las Vegas, Nevada, to the site of Super Bowl 58. And the great guests just keep on rolling yeah, in. Always great to catch up with our guy, the pride of Stanford, <laughs> the one and only Tank Williams, defensive back. Let's go. My get man, in. how get are you? Go ahead and wind out that frame. Yeah, Let your boy get yeah. in, you know? There it is. Yeah, we know, how, we know how to make it happen. Our coverage of Super Week here on DK Network keeps rolling on through. All right, Tank, you're playing for the San Francisco 49ers. You're watching tape for two weeks again of Patrick Mahomes. Oh. How are you slowing down 
Patrick Mahomes. It's going to be tough if you're talking about that San Francisco defense, man, because they've been the snack for many of their opponents for the past few weeks. It seems like the Green Bay Packers will be able to run the ball on them at will. When you looked at the Detroit Lions, I don't know why they got away from the run in the second half because they're running the ball like crazy. In the first half, and when you look at Andy Reid, he's going to be stubborn with what works. Mm -hmm. So if he can get Isaiah Pacheco going, I think that's going to be something that he's going to lean on. And so when you look at Pacheco, what, 66 and a half rush yards? Yeah, I think he easily goes over that. I mean, I think that's easy money. And then when you look at it from a passing perspective, Patrick Mahomes was pretty measured in the second half of the Ravens game because he didn't have to do anything crazy. Like Baltimore got away from the run. He didn't feel stressed to go out there and do anything crazy and put his team in danger with turnovers or anything like that because their defense played well. But if you look at what he may be able to do in the passing game against the Niners, look at what Trey McBride did against the San Francisco defense in the regular season. You don't think Travis Kelsey could do that? Right. Look at Sam Laporta and Amon Ross St. Brown in that game. You don't think Rasheed Rice would be able to get off in like the little quick screens and put him in the slot and get him open? I mean, so I look at different ways that Patrick Mahomes can possibly exploit that defense. And unless San Francisco plays significantly better and shore some things up, they're going to have some issues trying to slow down the Chiefs on offense. Yeah, I'm glad you mentioned the tight ends. I was looking at some tight end stuff today, and the Niners overall are pretty good against the tight end, but you mentioned the McBride game. Laporta had 13 targets. I mean, that is a lot of focus on the tight ends, but what is it about the Niners' defense this year that's different besides D'Amico Ryan's leaving town? Is it a personnel thing? Maybe depth? Because they definitely don't look as robust as, as years past. Yeah, I mean, I think they're definitely missing D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah. I, mean, I think when you look at... See, this is one thing that stands out to me about the San Francisco 49ers. When they went on that three-game skid in the middle of the season, when they lost Trent and Debo, they lost some of that swag. And you can tell that that was missing. I think not having D'Amico on the sidelines, you lose some of that swag on the defense. Because look at how that team in Houston plays inspired ball. 100%. Obviously, that comes from the athletes that they have between the white lines. But a lot of that is D'Amico Ryan's as well. So they're missing a little bit of that. And at the same time, it seems like some of these guys just really aren't stepping up. I see like... Chase Young on occasion where it seems like he's not just finishing and playing with that superior dog mentality from the beginning of the snap to the end. I mean, I think you see some lapses there in the secondary where they give up these splash plays. And even though that was true in years past, that pass rush really hasn't really affected their opponents like it did in the past. So that's why that uh, defensive secondary and the linebackers, for that matter as well, seem to be getting more exposed this year than in years past. Tank Williams hanging out with us here in studio. Follow him on Twitter at Tank Williams. 13. Of course, Stanford greats played in the league uh, with the Titans, Vikings, and Patriots betting analyst. All right. A lot of a lot of love given to the, to the Niners, or excuse me, to the Chiefs, excuse me. Um, but let's get to your fellow Cardinal brother, yes. Christian McCaffrey. Yeah, yeah he um, deserves some. He's uh-huh. not getting enough love. Rushing yeah. total, sitting at 90 and a half. Mm-hmm. Anytime touchdown market is through the roof because he scores a touchdown <laughs> right. every game. Yeah. 18 and a half rushing attempts, plus 475 to win Super Bowl MVP. What do you expect to see from number 23 on Sunday? I think his rush yards are definitely a smash going over 90 and a half. When you look at I mean, I think it was I right when the odds came out as far as uh, Super Bowl MVP and you see the Niners favorite and Patrick Mahomes as the favorite for yeah. MVP, I'm like, what's going on? Right. But a lot of that has to do with Christian McCaffrey, right? Yep. I mean, you guys know better than me. But when you look at it where I know that Kyle Shanahan's complete confidence in Brock Purdy, at the same time, you see the way that the Buffalo Bills were able to exploit the Kansas City Chiefs 
run defense. Mm-hmm. Like Josh Allen was getting busy. Ty Johnson was getting busy. Like it seemed like Ty Johnson. Yeah. Every yeah. running back that the Bills had in that stable was getting off against the Chiefs. And that's why it was so perplexing to me that the Baltimore Ravens did run the ball. <laughs> Don't even get me but started on me, that. But trust me, Kyle <laughs> Shanahan is going to make yes. sure Christian McCaffrey toasts that rod because he wants to make sure he takes that stress offered by Purdy for one. And then two, because that's what the Niners offense is built around. If you get Christian McCaffrey going, which he will get going, then that's when you set up the play action. You get those shots to Brandon Ayuk, to Debo Samuel, to George Kittle. So everything plays and flows to Christian McCaffrey. That's why I wouldn't be surprised if he actually wins the MVP because he is the MVP of that team, even though everyone's trying to hype Brock Purdy up. He's a great player. I'm not going to get on that thing as far as people trying to bash Purdy, but he is what he is. And mostly what he is is those athletes around him, especially Christian McCaffrey. Mm. Let's talk a little bit about Spags. I, I think that's a guy you probably yeah. would have liked to play for. I think he's proven to everyone, you know, what he did with the Giants to the Patriots, great teams, and now what he's done over the last couple of seasons last year, figuring out a way to get enough stops to beat the Eagles. But really, this year has kind of been the feather in the cap of what Steve Spagnuolo can bring to a defense. He's had a lot of help with a young secondary that I think can control the tempo in this game. How do we diagnose what the Chiefs defense is going to bring to the table here? Well, what we've seen out of Brock Purdy, I think uh, the latter part of the season, and I guess during that little skit as well, is that when you get a little bit of pressure on him and get some, uh, you know, get a little bit of happy uh, feet, feet, yeah, (laughs) but then also, you know, he'll get a little sloppy with the ball. There were a a couple of times in that Lions game where there were potential turnovers where, you know, the wide receiver broke it up on one and actually Brandon Ayuk caught the long ball on another. And I think in a lot of situations, if you have a defense that's taking advantage of those opportunities, they're going to pick that off and then that's an extra possession for Patrick Mahomes. So I think what he's going to do is try to make sure he stifles the run as much as possible. But he's going to try to show Purdy one thing before the snap and then at the snap show him a different look. Whether it's lined up in two shell the entire time and having guys roll down to one shell at the snap or doing these various looks and the various pressures, I think he's going to try to confuse Purdy and still one or two possessions. And if he can do that, he has confidence in Patrick Mahomes and that offense trying to seal a little victory for him. Tank Williams, NFL DB, joining us here on VEASAN Primetime. Tank, I started with just kind of looking at, okay, going against Patrick Mahomes. Now take it a step further. Going against Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. And I know as a (laughs) corner, that probably wasn't your main responsibility, but you're watching tape, whether it be the nickel or the safety coming down. I mean, I think back to the Baltimore game. Kyle Hamilton is is all over him, and Patrick Mahomes gets it right on his hip, and Travis Kelsey's able to make the catch. What is it about those two that it just – it feels like it's a chemistry, and I don't, I mean, I can't give you the exact chemistry of what Rice and Montana were like, but this chemistry and familiarity feels like it is unmatched from you know anybody currently in the NFL. I mean, well, first things first, Travis Kelsey is like an amazing route runner. Sure. Yeah. I mean, Kyle Hamilton, he's a dog, but he had perfect coverage, and Patrick Mahomes threw a good ball. There are times where I remember last season where Travis Kelsey had – Jalen Ramsey on skates. And we know Jalen Ramsey is a top-notch cover corner. I think more than anything else is that (laughs) Travis Kelsey just does what he wants to. And Patrick Mahomes gets in the ball. Like a lot of times when you're a defensive back, you look at formations, you look at down the distance, and then you're saying, okay, if they're in this formation, more than likely they're going to run this route combination. And so when you see that coming, you play for it. 
Whereas like Travis Kelsey knows you're playing for it and he way. runs something else. And Patrick Mahomes doesn't throw where the ball's supposed to go. He go, he throws where, tra where Travis Kelsey goes to. And so that's what makes it so perplexing. I mean, I think you've seen like some tape before where in the in the uh, red zone, he throws a touchdown to Kelsey. And he's like, yo, he's supposed to run the flag. <laughs> but instead of running the flag, he faked like he's going to the flag and, and then ran to the yeah, open space yeah. in the middle of the field. And so I think that's why it's so difficult to cover them because one, they're really great athletes, great players, and then they just do whatever the hell they want to. <laughs> on the field and they get away with it. You know what it sounds? It sounds like he's a plus EV gambler, right? Oh. Every fade, That sounds like a fade the public, like Tim Murray stink strategy right there. <laughs> they know we're going to zig, so let's zag yeah. the other way. It, I mean, it's it, Travis Kelsey, a man after your own heart. But it is so funny watching these games as a jabroni sitting on my couch. <laughs> and I'm like, why is he always open? Yeah. You know, he just finds, like if it's a zone, he's going to find yeah. that soft part of the zone. So look, because of that, Books are no dummies, right, Tank? They've adjusted to it. So you're talking about 70 and a half receiving yards. You're talking about over-under on receptions of six and a half. going to keep going up, though. But for Travis Kelsey, in these big moments, him and Mahomes are on just another level. So do you expect a big game from Kelsey on, on Sunday? I do. And I think when we talked about if Sam Laporta and yeah. Amon Ross St. Brown can get off on this defense, I'm confident as hell that Travis Kelsey can. But I think the one X factor is going to be this. If the 49ers say, okay, we know we've had issues with tight ends before, whether it's Trey McBride, Sam Laporta, we're going to make sure Travis Kelsey doesn't beat us. Like, Rasheed Rice has turned into a baller, man. Yeah. Like, this dude is a bona fide number one wide receiver for that Chiefs offense. And he really didn't give him the ball that much last week. But, I mean, well, two weeks ago. But I think in the Super Bowl, if the 49ers overplay their hand trying to take away Travis Kelsey, Rasheed Rice will eat them up. Whether it's like those quick routes in the pass game running like little quick crack screens or having them in the slot or even on the outside in some man coverage where you have one-on-one. -on -one. I think that he can be effective against that Niners defense. So there's more than one way for them to take advantage of that secondary. All right, let's wrap on this. we got 20 seconds with Tank Williams. Who wins favorite prop bet? I would say the Kansas City Chiefs probably win if I had to pick someone. Okay. And I have complete confidence in both of those running backs getting off. So whether it's Isaiah Pacheco or Christian McCaffrey, I think they both eclipse their rushing yardage. Team. All right. It's going to be a running back type of game. The pride of Stanford University. <laughs> yes, sir. Now <laughs> member of the ACC. You know, he's going to be ready for those Wake Forest ACC games. ACC guy, 9 a.m. <laughs> Tank Williams, it is V-CIN primetime. Witness the dawning of a new era in automotive luxury with a reveal unlike any other, as Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80. Join us March 20th live from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring an unforgettable performance by Grammy and Academy Award-winning singer, songwriter, and composer, John Batiste. The all-new Infinity QX80 is unlike any luxury SUV you've ever seen. Smart enough to anticipate your needs, even before you do. Every line, curve, and detail was thoughtfully crafted so everything for every passenger feels just right. Don't miss it. Mark your calendars and be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. 
Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great conversation. This is VSIN Primetime with Tim Murray on VSIN, the sports betting network. This segment brought to you by Bear Aspirin, the official sponsor of Fans Heart. It's been a whirlwind. You all right our, there, bud? As our coverage of uh, DraftKings Super Week continues live from Las Vegas, the site of Super Bowl 58 last night. It was opening night, media day, however you want to define it, and it's just uh, it's just getting going here in town, and it's uh, it's I wish the weather it, would <laughs> do something better than what we. Yeah, I blame the I blame the outsiders. They brought this with them. It doesn't rain it here. Definitely did. It doesn't. Always someone else's doesn't, fault. Doesn't. Yeah, of course. Are we gonna blame ourselves? Come on now. No, no. Although do? my dog is, he's waiting for a nice day. He hasn't been outside. It's like <laughs> he's like staring outside. Like I can't sunbathe on the balcony, Dad. What am I supposed to do all morning? Hang um, out with you. <laughs> uh, it is time for best bets. Um, Last night, Kansas State, we didn't get well there done. in the first half. Push, but we got there. You bet the first half, too. Full game. Well, the problem was, and I love this time slot, but as we know, lines move, and you got to adjust on the fly. So we split the unit, and ultimately, it. ultimately, we were able to get home on the, on, the, uh, on the full game going to overtime. The Jerome Tang stat, by the way, of them being 11-0 in overtime is just absurd. So I do have personally have a bet on Clemson. I'm not going to give it out now. The numbers moved two and a half points from open. It opened last night. I know Wes yeah. Reynolds gave it out on the show. Probably uh, UNC so, or nothing now at this stage with the market. Uh, I still I wouldn't go that far. Um, I don't think I would take six. And I, I think you're... We're down to five and a half now. So, oh, yeah, yeah, come on. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, I am not going to go that route. Um, I do... I'll give you a couple. Though, I, I laid the market. So I'll give you a quick one because we need some action tonight. Yeah. Um, I laid five last night at Circa. We'll still play it at five and a half. Decent sized number. Obviously, backdoor potential is is always a worry, but uh, I really like the spot tonight for Colorado State. Yeah. Uh, against, That's not bad. Against Boise State. Boise State coming off of a huge win last week at home uh, over or on the road at the pit. Then they followed it up with a thumping of Air Force. So they've been rolling here. A lot of games in a short period of time. Got a little bit of revenge angle there for Colorado State uh, as uh, as Boise State was able to beat them back in early January. So I do like Colorado State. If you want to pair them up with someone in a money line parlay, wouldn't be opposed to that. But uh, for a single game, single play perspective, we'll, uh, we'll lay a decent sized number here. We'll rock and roll with Colorado State state uh that'll be my uh my play of the night here so we'll roll with the rams the boys from fort collins hopefully they get it done against boise state i don't hate that at all I, i'm i'm with you i got a five last night um i was surprised when i saw this well I, I i gave out minnesota last night i thought that was a decent bet at three and a half it looks like it's gonna close at three but then the part that jumped out of me it's it's one of those revenge angles again which we always love but also 
Minnesota's got the best ATS record in college basketball yeah. this year. They're 18 and three ATS. Um, I don't know, Ben, jo- the, the other Ben Johnson, um, doing a pretty good job there, um, with, uh, Minnesota. So, um, yeah, they uh, lost to Michigan State. They had a big, uh, a, a bad stretch in, in mid-January. They lost to Michigan State on the road at Sparty a little bit earlier this year. They're three and a half point now. Eh, I'll call 3.25. I saw Circa here dealing uh, Michigan State minus three, minus 115. So I, I would take the three there with uh, Minnesota. You can probably find a three and a half out there. And uh, that's that'll be my play of the night. All right. Well, root on Clemson. I do have that bet in yeah. pocket, but at this point, not going to give it out of five and a half. Uh, we will lay. Yeesh. Lay five and a half with Colorado State. I'm okay with in, that one. Uh, in that one. I think that's a solid wager. I All think right. that's a solid wager still five and a half. Coming up top of the hour, we will uh, get the 49ers perspective on things with our good friend Rob Stats Guerrero. He will join us here in studio. So looking forward to that breakdown. Um, you've been kind of attacking the prop market, Jared, throughout, uh, throughout the weeks here. So let's run through some props that uh, have intrigued you so far in this game uh, on Sunday? Well, the sacks is kind of the the, the top of, okay. of the market for me. I, I think that's my favorite angle in the game that is matchup specific and under four and a half sacks in the game. And the big reason there is just how hard it is to sack Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. And, and I, I think Purdy on the surface, right? He's not as mobile, not as strong, not as physically gifted. You would think he is an easier quarterback to sack, but he's actually right there with Mahomes in that pressure to sack rate um, category. It's Josh Allen one, Mahomes two, Purdy three. Last year, it was Mahomes is number one in that category, and that's where I got the bright eye, like the light bulb went off. Like, wait a minute, the Chiefs are the underdog in the more in the most sacks category, and that didn't make sense to me because even though the Eagles were prolific with recording sacks you still have like the like sacking the quarterback it, it is still kind of a quarterback driven sack and or a stat so if those quarterbacks are less prone to them I, I think the market might be undervaluing the fact that these two quarterbacks are really difficult to sack and having five sacks in a game is is a pretty uh, a large amount so i thought under four and a half was a bet um early in the process that was going to move I saw at stations it was minus 120 last week when I bet it. Now it's like minus 140. I don't know what other markets have it. I haven't looked um, in the last few days because I bet it like a week ago. Right. Um, but that's probably my favorite um, matchup specific prop. The ones that the pros bet every year, the shortest touchdown under one and a half, the, uh, the, the, the yes to the three unanswered scores, mm. the yes to the will the game be tied after 0-0. These are bets that typically the pros are on no matter who the matchups are. And those are ones that I bet early in the process, thinking that the numbers were going to move in my favor. So in terms of non-matchup specific props, I also bet the under 10 and a half accepted penalties um, based on our handicap of Bill Vinovich. I heard this breakdown and I think it was, uh, I think it was our friend Stucky. I'll give him a shout out for this one. This is a unique angle. So we just talked to Tank Williams about his Stanford brother, Christian McCaffrey and the expectation he has. And you look at Christian McCaffrey and now here we are in the Super Bowl. There's no need to, to hold back anything. Under one and a half rush attempts for uh, Elijah Mitchell, I thought was an interesting angle to look at. Now, he got over that last week. Why? Because towards the end of the game is when Christian McCaffrey, McCaffrey got, got a little bit again. banged up. Look, if Christian McCaffrey gets hurt, you're done. Like, Elijah Mitchell's going to get it. But I, I don't think... In the game script, Elijah Mitchell, and we can ask Stats this. I'd be curious to get his I, thought. I think that is a good question for Stats because I, I noticed he got some goal line run. 
But I think it was more, they don't really mess around down there because it's Christian McCaffrey, sure. right? So if he's. It was only when Christian was, was injured. Hurt. Okay. And if they're going to get tricky, they're going to give it to Debo on a, on a run. Probably. And even if Christian McCaffrey were to get nicked up, I'd be curious if in the Super Bowl, they didn't just go to Debo in the backfield yeah. as opposed That's to Elijah Mitchell. So I, I'm going to ask that to. Uh, to What's his stats. rushing yards total? So rushing. Because to me, carries is like two is not a lot. I like know. That, that could be one series where Christian's just, he needs a blow. Like they used him a lot in the last series. And they still trust, like if they trust him enough to give him a goal line carry, they still trust Elijah Mitchell. I, I would be curious what his yards or maybe his longest rush was. Um, that would be interesting to the under. So pulling it up right now on DraftKings, uh, taking a look at. But this is a good, I like this angle. I like. I like outside the box. I like in the Super Bowl because if you think about it from the coach's perspective, everything's been on tape for 20 weeks. How do we change up what we've put on tape? It's guys like Kyle Juszczyk. It's guys like Elijah Mitchell. It's guys that are off the script where you get that flash of green grass because they haven't, the defense hasn't seen this on tape. That's what scares me about playing under with the obscure guys in this game. But depending on the number, of course. Elijah Mitchell, as we have the graphic up there. Nice. Three and a half rushing yards, one that's, and a half attempts. That's tough. So it's basically one. Yeah. And like, I, I think, yeah, in that I'd case, I go under. I'd rather attempts. go under the uh, rushes and actually move yeah, towards the under down to minus 135 now. So. If it's three and a half, because that's saying two attempts, he's going to average one and a half yards per attempt. Like that's nothing. But you're going to average at least two or three yards per attempt. So really, that's I think the I think the attempts makes way more sense with a one and a half. Yeah, and it's, I was just trying to, and I, I heard that, and I've been trying to, you know, as as I normally do, just consume all of it, take exactly. in different thoughts, and I'm like, man, that's a really interesting angle to look. It is because Christian McCaffrey's going to get. 95% of the carries. It's the Super Bowl. You don't Debo's going to get a few. And Debo's yeah. going to get a few. And that's why you look at it. Debo's attempts is at two and a half. Yeah. And Elijah Mitchell's is at exactly. one and a half. Like, does Kyle Juszczyk get a short yardage run? I think it was As opposed to, yeah, I think Kyle Juszczyk, yeah. if you're going to attack it, and I want to talk about it because I know you're I'm heavy in on, on Kyle Juszczyk in this game. And JVT had an interesting angle regarding Kyle Juszczyk yesterday. Against, against Kyle Well, <laughs> he was just playing it from the math perspective, right? Where the price has gone kind of crazy for a guy that had 17 targets all year. So yeah. it's kind of an interesting it, look. It, yes, where, yes. It, it's a discuss, It's a talk about price and how it changes in the, I think the Super Bowl. As we, as we just saw last week, he had two receptions in that game. Last time in the Super Bowl, obviously, yeah. Tough he was to take able the to full find, regular season find the end zone. All right. Uh, that's going to do it for our hour on DraftKings Network. Thanks to everyone who joined us in that hour. Eric Eager, Thomas Dimitrov, and Tank Williams. We keep rolling here on VSIN Primetime. The inside perspective on the San Francisco 49ers. We'll get that top of the hour right here on VSIN Primetime. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury, the premiere of the all-new 2025 Infinity QX80, live March 20th from the Edge at Hudson Yards in New York City, featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infinity QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. 
CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Thank you.